Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk and happy Thanksgiving week. Mm. You should do like a gobble, a turkey sound effect right now. How how do you do that? (laughs) Can you make one? Oh, Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. (laughs) You know, like that toy you, uh, you're, we had like when we were little, you oh, the, pull the string, the, yeah, and you spin the yeah, wheel, the arrow, the yeah. turkey. Oh, 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 oh. That's, That's what good. it sounds like. That's anybody, good. anybody else know what that is? I don't know what it was called, but we had one. We what had was that? string you pulled. Yeah, and then yeah. They, when they, we had kids, that was like a, you know, it had updated to like computer sound or whatever. But, you know, anyway, I digress. It is Thanksgiving <laughs> you week. You do digress. I digress. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. And uh, yeah, it's been um, hopefully a week of rest for everyone listening. And hopefully we're getting some rest <laughs> during this week too. We're working today. Or you I'm know, working today. I don't know. You might be off. I'm off. Yeah. I'm off. Uh, I filled out that time request form. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I haven't approved it because I don't know how to work the to app yet. We got a new app. Yeah, we to do. do it. So it's cool. Look at us. Yeah, we're we're advancing to the uh, the year 2013 and doing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Hey, so you doing okay today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, I am just grateful for the life I get to live. Justin. Yeah, man. I'm grateful it, to be next to you on Boggy oh, Talk. It is. It's just good. I was just thinking, um, man. We had. We do. We have so much to be thankful for, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Wow! Is, is wow. thankfulness and blessing, and and really why we're not as thankful as we should mm, be. And mm. what are you uh, talking about? Uh, you what know, are you talking about? I just think if if I do a little self reflection, gosh, Justin, uh, but also some reflection on behalf of some other people that yeah. I know, mm-hmm. just a few <laughs> Muggy Talk Nation. That's right. We're probably just not as grateful as we should. You be. think? You think Boggy Talk Nation? is by and large happier than the rest of America? I mean, they get to spend like 30 to 40 minutes a week with us listening. I, they, that has I, to make someone happier, I bet happier, if we right? did some kind of <laughs> survey, Boggy Talk Nation is way above the above median average. Absolutely. of lots of things. I don't know if there's correlation with any causation there, IQ, but yeah. like lots of things. They would be yes, above average that's right. for sure. So we love you guys. So, so listen to Boggy Talk and there is a good chance you will be happy and funny. I mean, and smart. Yes, there you go. Yeah, and you'll grow in funniness by listening to our unbelievable wit. Unbelievable. <laughs> Literally, unbelievable. it is not believable that we have that much wit. All right, so uh, on yeah, to serious things. Serious thankfulness. things. So what, so... Here's where when we start talking about gratitude and Thanksgiving, I started this point of, you know, we, we do have so much to be thankful for. Uh, but I was thinking the other day just how— You were thinking I was or thinking, you were thinking? I was thinking— oh, okay, with an day. I. You know, two years ago in 2020 in COVID and everything shut down and everyone— in COVID was just like, do you remember how awesome it was just to reconnect his families and put away all the distraction? Well, you know, like, many, many well, I should, yeah, I'm over some So Nation. many people were like, it's just been minus the hardships, but people were like, it's been so great to reconnect and we've not to have everything on the calendar. And here we are two years later. And I think talking about the enemies of gratitude, one of the reasons we mm. struggle with gratitude mm. is we're so busy mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. going on from thing mm-hmm. to thing to thing and it's like we appreciated that so much but it's like as soon as we had freedom again we we're like ah forget that let's just go back to what we know and grind it all and i just yeah. i think that mm-hmm. is a, a big piece of mm-hmm. this for me at least i mm-hmm. find myself um in that area and i don't want to be like that i want to be grateful yeah i've actually started saying probably the last month or two maybe you've heard me say this life is full mm-hmm. not i'm busy right but Life is mm-hmm. full. It's full. 
because it is full. I, and mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of stuff on my plate. Um, unfortunately, I eat a lot of it too. That's another <laughs> issue. But um, and I will have a lot of stuff on my plate on Thursday. That's, the, that's, that's right. right. I was say that's, that's the post Thanksgiving yeah, episode. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> you know, I I'll ultimately I choose most of that, mm. and, or have chosen to enter into situations in which will bring a bunch of that on me. And, you know, my life is just full of a lot of opportunities. And so I do think that so much of this uh, is just our perspective. I I don't, you know, you all know me that I'm not like some sappy, like say very (laughs) surface level preaching things, but like, like uh, we have to choose joy. Like Mm -hmm. we have to choose like to be servants. And, 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 and I think like to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so like, I don't think like I'm happy to be alive. I think we talked about that before. Like I'm grateful to go and be with Jesus, but the Lord has allowed me to be in my children's life, my wife's life, my friends' lives, my church life. Like, so I mean, people that go to church with me are also my friends, but you know, um, <laughs> you, have, you have friends. Outside. And so like, I I'm there to serve and use those things for the glory of Jesus. I'm not saying that like every moment of my day, I'm like, what a blessing that I get to serve the Lord in this mm. way. But I am like, continually challenge myself to have that perspective. Absolutely. I, what I hear you saying is we should have an attitude of gratitude. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's speaking of That's sappy. why they call it thanksgiving, not thanksgiving. <laughs> that's right. We give. That's right. It's more blessed to give <laughs> yes, yes. than to receive. I, I don't think, know about though on that meal. I'm thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to eat thanksgiving yeah. food anyway, all okay. week. You know, I think to um, a huge piece of this comes back to Entitlement, mm, and uh, we know you went last, there. Yeah, you it went is, there. you know. And I think you know we can always mm. more easily point the finger at other people and say mm. that they're entitled to mm. food. They, they just act so now, entitled. Son. But <laughs> let's all can we just agree? We all need to start in the mirror here. And you know, it reminds me at the um, at the Florida Baptist Convention last week. H. P. Charles was preaching a sermon on uh, the Book of Mark, a passage we just went through. Uh, recently about, you know, the disciples and they asked Jesus a favor, James and John. They're like, you know, grant us this favor, Lord, and mm-hmm. we want to sit at your right hand. And Jesus is like, you don't know what you're asking. One thing he says is that the gospel basically, uh, they felt entitled mm-hmm. because they knew mm-hmm. Jesus and they felt entitled mm-hmm. to their reward then uh, and not what was to come. And mm-hmm. Jesus is like, you aren't able to drink the cup I'm about to, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and I think, that's me. You know, yeah. I think so much mm. of my ingratitude is rooted in entitlement and entitlement is rooted in thinking I deserve something, but also wanting like, like wanting things that I think are mine, that God, like not, not trusting that he's enough, mm-hmm. that he's sovereign, that he's put me where I am uh, for the reasons he's put me there and just not being content really mm-hmm. is what it comes down to mm-hmm. and thinking uh, God owes me something. And I think, you know, if we can just pause uh, this week before just naming all of our blessings, but mm. actually, you know, I think as believers where we should live in this perpetual state of, you know, faith and repentance, faith and repentance, and even taking some time this week to just confess the ways we've been entitled and ungrateful. Uh, and then like truly just be grateful mm. that God's grace is so yeah. sufficient, his, his, his goodness towards us, his mercy to us. And he's so good. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are those that are suffering real deep pains. I mean, there's no doubt about that at all. Um, but by and large, you know, most of the people who, you know, are struggling with gratitude, it really is about, 
Um, you know, I, I, so our kids, I, I don't think we really try to spoil them, but they live in America. Mm. They, you know, we're a middle-class family. Like they have grandparents to give them a bunch of stuff. Like, so stop giving them so much stuff. <laughs> grandparents. Um, give them practical things that would help anyway, but that's okay. Fine, uh, they're, not listen- they're not listening. They're not listening. So it's all good. Um, so so much is like realizing like, Hey guys, you know, if you're not, your attitude isn't going to change. Like we're going to take away some of these privileges that you have because we do feel like you're ungrateful and you know, you just kind of become self-centered. And I think, you know, a lot of us grow up and we're still struggling with the same things because, you know, I mean, if you want a pair of shoes, you can buy a pair of shoes, you know, if you want, if you want that, you can just get things when mm. you want things and, and we're Americans and we create opportunities for ourselves. And I think that we really struggle with, um, when things don't go how we want them, when we want them. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I know it sounds so simple, but I really do think we have to really ask ourselves, like, what is our reward? What is we, what are, what is our joy and happiness based on? And, and, and it's, it's so offensive that we often consider our busyness, like suffering when we have people who are going through legit suffering, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and people, people. So a while back ago, I was like, to, to, to criticize Tim Tebow's book when he talks about trials. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, stop. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is not a trial that like you got to the NFL and couldn't be the position you want to be. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. And people were like, but everybody's trial is whatever. I'm like, I'm not saying that God doesn't use it. Right. But let's have the real perspective here, mm-hmm. like about trials. And I think that you have to get that to move to a place of deep, true gratitude for the life God gives you. Yeah, I think, you know, we don't, it shouldn't take suffering for us to be grateful, but God does meet us in suffering yeah. and teach, teaches us to be grateful. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, to those this holiday uh seasoned in Thanksgiving and Christmas who are like the suffering, whether it's because of loss or just because there's legitimate circumstances that are so difficult, like that suffering doesn't take away gratitude. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, I think you could argue that our our gratitude sometimes increases in suffering because, you know, we we recognize God's presence with yeah, us. Uh, I mean, we, that is a choice. It comes back to yeah. choosing joy and choosing to, to, to receive and believe like God's promises, his presence with us, the yeah. comfort of the spirit. Um, but yeah, like he is so present in that suffering and we, we view suffering as like a lack of blessing. Right. Yeah. Whereas God, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to reference that sermon again. He says the way to glory is suffering. Mm -hmm. Jesus basically says that to the disciples. And I think that, you know, we're going to suffer, um, and the, the absence of suffering does, is not equate God's blessing on Mm -hmm. our lives. We are blessed because we know Jesus and that he is the, the the fountain that never runs dry. The source that he's the fount of every blessing as the hymn says, you know, um, we got to lean into that. Mm-hmm. So much of, of, I mean, we say we're following Christ so much of Christ, you know, and the, the commandments to look to him as example is what he did in the midst of suffering. We'll never know, you know, suffering the wrath of God and thanks to him doing that, we'll never know that same suffering. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, all of our suffering points us to that. And then I think when we understand that, it causes us to proceed, to look at our life and how truly blessed it is. And and I think those blessings mean so much more to us when they aren't something we feel entitled to. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is a, like we were kind of talking like a deep, like, 
I mean, like a almost a shallow level, but you can't really talk about this without getting real deep because mm-hmm. it really is a deep thing. And I do think that, you know, in in um uh, the scriptures, uh, man, I'm going blank on it right now where it is, but it talks about how, you know, do everything without grumbling or disputing and you'll mm-hmm. make yourself yeah. uh, a light. And that's in Philippians 2, yeah. the end of Philippians 2. And um, you'll, you'll shine as dark light in the darkness. And it's like, right. really seriously, like just by not grumbling and disputing, yeah. Like we will shine as light. I'm like, yeah, it's not hard for light to shine in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's a characteristic of God's people is that we don't have this negative attitude. Yeah. And so like practical mm-hmm. application, like you're right. Restaurants aren't what they used to be. You're paying more <laughs> yeah. for less, but if you're going there, then you're a slave, right? Yeah. Like to you're, you're there to serve those people. Mm-hmm. Like as a Christian, you're, mm-hmm. I know you're paying them mm-hmm. and I know that serve them, but you're a servant to them. Mm-hmm. Like in traffic, like you're a servant, like, Everywhere you go, you're a servant mm-hmm. if you're a Christ follower. Right. And I think, you know, that's that's counter. It's not going to say counterintuitive. It's just counter to the our flesh. Our flesh right. wants yeah. to be selfish and our, our flesh wants what we want when we want it. And I think, you know, we talked about entitlement. We talked about uh, just the, the, the hustle and the, the rush. And I think another thing that keeps us from being grateful is, is really this uh, expectations that haven't been met. You know, yeah. we've alluded to that, and mm-hmm. you say we've you've said disappointment stems from expectation. I think that's like mm-hmm. so much of our gratitude is because we want things to be different, mm-hmm. and some of that is okay. Like it's mm-hmm. okay to want things to be different, like in in certain situations, yeah, circumstances. Yeah, yeah. But like sometimes we just want our life to be different, and we're mad that it's not, and we blame God for that. And so rather than thank God for what He's blessed us mm-hmm. with, we focus on what we don't have or mm-hmm. what is not yet, uh, and we don't enjoy. Um, you know, we don't, we miss the moment and yeah, I'm, right. I'm guilty of this. It's kind of like the parent who's like, I can't wait for this phase to be over. And then you just enter a phase that's just as trying just in different yeah. ways. And we do that with our jobs. We do that with so many things. And I think, what if we just pause and said, you know, what do I, what are God's blessings in this right yeah, now? You're right. Uh, and so I think practically you talked about like going to restaurants and traffic. And I think like even practically this week, I would say, um, take time as a family mm-hmm. and as an individual, uh, wherever you're gathered and and just name your blessings. Like the mm-hmm. old hymns is count your many blessings. Like do it. Name like, them one by one, them. man. Like say what they are out loud and model this for your for your for your family. Model this for your kids or for your parents. I know we have we have adults who listen to this who are going into family situations where their parents or relatives are not believers. But hey, let's mm-hmm. just take a, mm-hmm. time to model this mm-hmm. and, and to just share God's blessings mm-hmm. um, and and really just be grateful, mm-hmm. um, intentionally not complain, you know? <laughs> you're, you're saying to just be too blessed to be stressed, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Too blessed to stress. Another Hashtag. cliche since we've gone on them. Well, I think that's a great, my great, paper. I dropped it. great ending note, Pastor Justin Wyatt. So Don't fall over. I didn't fall over. Yeah, oh, good man. Job. So, uh, yeah, we do have some questions to answer. The first question is this. Where are the questions? Oh, yeah. What are the greatest needs for service? In the church, well, I mean, wherever you want to, <laughs> where do you want to start? I mean, I think for us, the greatest needs are, are probably always going to be uh, with kids uh, because we we continue to grow in that area mm-hmm. and we value the mm-hmm. safety of our children mm-hmm. uh, and and so we we keep ratios for our kids. You know, we make sure that there's enough volunteers with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's always a huge area. So just don't hesitate with that. Students as well, I think. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Those who are willing, those mature Christians who are willing to take the time, energy, and effort to be disciple makers and lead life groups. Mm-hmm. That's a big need we have right mm-hmm. now, I think. Um, and I think that when you start doing something well, it creates a problem. And I think some of our life groups, because they are doing things well in, in many ways, like they are creating community. They are diving deep into the word. They are like, people don't necessarily want to leave that because they're like, but I love my group. But if we're making disciples, we got to multiply. So we need people to like say, Hey, I, that's me. And I need mm-hmm. to do it. Um, yeah. What else would you add onto this? Yeah. I mean, absolutely agree with you that, I mean, I, so this question gets asked to me a lot about people who are new are like, Hey, I just want to serve in the church. And it's so amazing to me, the number of those that actually don't, because what they mean is I want to do something I want to do, but what they want to do isn't really like something that has anything to do with like what we do on a regular basis. And I would just say like the greatest needs, I mean, children's ministry again is a huge need and a huge responsibility and a huge privilege. And, you know, sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's not, um, but it, it's such a huge, it, it not only ministers to those children and, and again, you're making an impression on them that, you know, they're going to carry with for the rest mm-hmm. of their life, uh, but also on their families as well, especially if we're welcoming, you know, non-Christian families. So they're um, student ministry, but not just people to do like Sunday morning, like that, that's the thing. I think some people do student ministry instead of children's ministry because it's less exhausting, but it's like, if you're doing student ministry, you really need to be like, Hey, I'm going to connect with these students mm-hmm. beyond just Sunday morning right. or Wednesday night or whenever it might be. Um, so it's really like making a relational investment. Um, and then, you know, honestly, like if you're gifted and talented, like singing or, you mm-hmm. know, on a praise team, choir, choir um, worship team, instrument, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the tech booth. Yeah. Um, tech booth is a big one. And then we if need you're some like, volunteers. you know, I'm not good at any of that. Like showing up early and welcoming people yeah. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a big deal. We're, we're, I think it's true at any church, but we're a big enough church where, you know, there are several visitors every single Sunday and they don't know what to do. And even if there's just one, like that's mm-hmm. worth it. And then you're also just encouraging other people who are believers who come here. You don't know what they're going on. And I just think we underestimate what's going on in their life. I just think we underestimate the value there. Um, and then, then I would say beyond, if you're somebody who's already like, committed to worship, serving, growing, giving is moving into a leadership position, Mm -hmm. um, specifically life groups, disciple making. um, And I think that's every church. Mm -hmm. The things I'm mentioning are common. It's no different. I think we oftentimes, you know, church people want to serve on their own terms. And and that's kind of a blanket statement. That's not just our church. That's every church. It's an issue which the church leaders always have to deal with. But I just think of it in terms of this, like there's the people who are like, well, I want to serve like every other month. I'm like, it's actually creating more work for (laughs) staff members to like, like how many people, how many hours it takes to, for our kids ministry to organize a schedule because there's people who are willing to serve, but only X number of times. Now I will say we have a lot of people, a lot of people who are like, just tell me when, if you ever have a need, call me. And then we are, blessed in that but a lot of it's because we have people who are like every other month or and, and once it, a quarter and it's know? a lot we don't have a large staff for the south of our church like it's a lot for them to say hey if you need me call me it's like can you just show up and ask what i can do you <laughs> yeah. know um you know and I, I i truly don't get why a christian who's healthy um, and doesn't have some nuanced situation going in their life i realize mm, there's you always, know there's, yes, there's there some so things. i'm not talking about that that's between you and the lord but won't serve regularly on, on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. you know, or, or in a way that their church needs help. Because like you were referencing that Mark 10 passage and he said, you know, you need to be a slave of all, mm-hmm. a slave of all. Yeah. 
I'm like, some of you get mad that we ask you to show up 15 minutes before service. Mm -hmm. Like some, <laughs> like seriously, you know, you yeah. said you would be a slave. Like you want to follow Jesus it, and have his position Jesus and glory. This, yeah. And like, you don't even like that you're told what to do about mm -hmm. like serving your church. Like, and I just think the fruit of the gospel should be so many people willing to say, where do you need me? And we do have great yeah, people. So, seriously. but and, there's, yeah. it, it is, I think as a pastor, that is one thing you kind of, I think this is why a lot of people are going out of ministries. You just see so many people that don't have that mentality who mm -hmm. claim the name of Christ. And it is disheartening. Absolutely. So, and I think what you hit, you know, when, Jesus says, are you willing to be a slave to all? You know, it's, you're not signing up to be a slave to James or Justin right, no, or Michael no, no, or any of our yeah. staff. Man, like it is like the mission of the church is to yeah. make disciples. I don't ask and, anybody to do anything hardly. So <laughs> it's, it's like, not me. You know, it's just like, we want people to to serve. And, that, and, and gosh, we, when we talk about serving, we, we just oftentimes forget that like, we grow and are, we are so blessed when oh, we yeah, serve. Like we grow and we serve all those things. So you alluded to this, but let's, uh, this is a question uh, that was asked. Why is it that typically pastors don't stay at churches <laughs> very long? It's uh, all your fault. It's you people. <laughs> oh, man. I think Just this kidding. is an interesting kidding. question because there are some pastors who do stay a very long time and then some yeah. who don't. And I, I mean, there's a hundred reasons or hundred ways are. you can answer yeah. to this. You yeah. know, I think we were just, you know, one of the big emphases of the, the conference we were just at with the Florida Baptist Convention and the pastor's conference yeah. was the, you know, they were trying to encourage people to stand firm and, you right. know, to, to, to remain because so many pastors are quitting, not just leaving a church, but actually quitting ministry, various reasons. You can get into that. You know, I think, there's like the legitimate reasons why sometimes pastors don't stay long. Maybe God does genuinely call someone, uh, you know, the call of God to away. Um, they sleep with somebody but, who's not their wife. But and then they there's probably the things that happen that, that are anymore. like, yeah, like you, you, there's moral failures. Yeah. <laughs> that they're just like, you shouldn't do that. And you're disqualified. Um, but then there's like the, the other reasons that are probably, I guess, maybe more worldly. Uh, reasons yeah. that are just like whether it's a difficult there are difficult churches there are uh even in some pastors there's just personal ambition that mm -hmm. they're like i'm not going to stay here because it's not going my way mm -hmm. uh or it's not how i like or things didn't change quick enough mm -hmm. um so there's those reasons as well you know being baptist churches um the way that we're structured is that Baptist churches are autonomous. So each church calls their own pastor, mm -hmm. which is different than, you know, other denominations where mm -hmm. you have a presbytery or a elder board, not elder board, but a, well, I guess presbytery is the right word. Yeah, uh, they have like was, the Methodist church has like the bishop. Yeah. You know, the bishop yeah. and they're determining where people mm -hmm. get to go. And, uh, and, and there's so, pros and cons of both yeah, of those. Exactly. Honestly. It's not right or wrong in either way. Better it's retirement just, if you're Methodist. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> there you go. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. We're kind of on our own, but, yeah. um, <laughs> and it ain't going well right now. <laughs> so, but I think there's, there's those reasons. Like, I don't know. What else would you add to that? Yeah. I mean, you, you said accurately, there's a hundred reasons and, and, you know, sometimes I think it is that, um, you know, I think uh, we'll just sp speak to our denomination, you know, non-denomination denomination more so. But I think that, you know, th the vetting process of is this a good fit is not done mm -hmm. as well as it should be. And so then a guy gets into a role and, and he's needs a job to f provide for his family and the church needed to fill that position. And one of them like are like, whoa, this isn't as good as, a as I thought it would be. So I do think like take 
go slowly, higher, you know, and higher slowly um, in those positions. Um, so that's just like a practical thing. And, and then I think if ma- maybe they're asking about like the guys moving from church to church to church, like some mm-hmm. guys are, yes. you know, bigger church, you know, mm-hmm. be- better job. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some churches could pay their staff more. I mean, mm-hmm. that's part of it. Um, but some of that you just can't slow down. Um and 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 maybe and the Lord's sovereign in that and uses yep. all that. Uh, I I would say that you know like from our perspective, working with them, our personal MLT and like our our administrator, like we're like okay, we we recognize that there is, and this might be where this question was coming from, an epidemic of guys leaving vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I would say that a lot of those guys are still ministering. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they. Um, are quitting on Jesus or the right. church. They're just quitting on all the stuff that really isn't ministry that comes along with their job. Right. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, maybe that's not all that bad of a thing, but on the other hand, like, you know, ministry is a calling. I tell mm-hmm. people it is a calling, not a job. If you're right. doing it for the money, dude, it is not. It's not the right way every, to go. <laughs> everyone, just, everyone just about can make more money doing something in the secular world than, Mm-hmm. what they're doing, right. you know? And so, um, you know, and I think sometimes guys just need a break from it, but I mean, there's like, mm-hmm. our church is great. I, mm-hmm. So I, our church is great. There's a lot of criticism that comes with a leadership position. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're like, well, politicians, I'm like, yeah, they, they have way more money. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, that's right. I mean, and they're playing to a base, you yeah. know, like they, they, yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're elected by one group of people usually criticized by the group that didn't elect yeah. them the loudest. And they're like, well, I don't care. I got elected. And you know, so it's, it is, there's different dynamics. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm not like the greatest, most solid, awesome person, all that, but like, you know, I, I think I'm pretty thick skin and pretty like, Hey, I'm following the Lord and I, you know, I'm here to please him and not man, but like, you know, I feel those pressures. And so I think guys who, who, you know, and women who are in church staff who aren't, um, even as secure as where I am, like I get, like, it's hard. And sometimes they just need a break and Mm -hmm. they need health and churches don't know how to do that. And, um, and, and it's becoming, sorry, I'm rambling here, man, but you know, it's, it's, it's becoming, there was like a dead time. I'm probably right when I was starting to follow Jesus where like the pastor in the community, like he's like a notable person, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not so it's much not that, that anymore. anymore. Yeah, there's almost like a hesitancy to trust or there's a skepticism. Yeah. To, and and some of that's sure. deserved based yeah. on mm-hmm. what dudes in our positions mm-hmm. have done. I mean, Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I, I think we just basically said, this is super boggy. Yeah, it is. There's lots of different some reasons. Did we give some insight, yeah. Justin? I think oh, maybe some, maybe some boggy insight. I, going back, there's some there's some right reasons why sometimes they don't stay long. And then there's some wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, Anything you want to add to that? I kind of spoke No, I mean, I think that's that says it all. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily in every situation is different because it's not true, but mo- there's a reason to every situation. Um, and sometimes that reason is, God moves people. I mean, he's sovereign over everything. And sometimes it is, well, they did something dumb or they're being selfish or the church was an unhealthy, toxic yeah. place. And they just said, you know, and sometimes it just is, hey, the pastor's doing a great job and the church is healthy, but it's, you know, I think, you know, this church, like with with Pastor Mike, who retired from here, you know, before you, like he was here 10 years, ten years yeah. which is a very long time, you know, as a pastor. And I think this church has benefited from that. And when he retired, he stayed. And, you know, there's such but, benefit to that. 
in a hundred and so we're at now a hundred and uh, twelve years mm-hmm. of the church's existence. He's the second longest tenure pastor, and that, which is crazy when you think about that. That is the second longest yeah. tenure of a, yeah. of a church, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you could you could dive but into you that. See the and you can that. deconstruct yeah. that as much as you want to, but uh, and, I think, and you know, but like I, I remember when I came, I was like, I think you know, obviously since the Lord, but I even said to some people like, if I'm here five years and I would hit forty, you know. And the church is not following my lead. Like, I'm not staying. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to give up. Like, I mean, I'll do whatever the Lord Jesus says, but like, I don't find some like nobility in just continuing to lead and the church not liking me, you know, like (laughs) suffering for Jesus. Like, you know, like if it's not working, it's not working. And so I think sometimes again, that sometimes it just isn't working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which absolutely. Thank God. It's so great. here. And there could be even fine reasons why it's not working. And it's not, doesn't mean there's something wrong with the church or the pastor. Sometimes it's just not the right fit and that's okay. And, you know, so hopefully that gets taken care of the interview process, but sometimes it it doesn't because I will say that in interview processes with churches, a lot of times I just, from, from people just talking to people, Churches tend to oversimplify their issues in the Ooh, in the interview process, boy. and pastors tend to oversell their ability to handle those issues. Oh, you know, so it's not a, there's there's multiple you know issues in that process. But yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, it's boggy. But this is Boggy Talk, so we can handle it. So, hey, uh, we're going to wrap it up today with a little game. I think we spent enough time on questions. So we did. Way we're going to uh, wrap it up a little game, Thanksgiving week. And this is uh, this game is to equip you with some conversation starters uh, around the Thanksgiving table. So we're going to do a little Thanksgiving uh, history trivia, uh, past and uh, some modern history of Thanksgiving. I'm going to ask James some questions here, and we're going to see just how well – he, how patriotic he is about Thanksgiving. Patriotic <laughs> yeah, I, I am like, about Thanksgiving. You know, exactly, because it's, it's, it's this is an American holiday. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, they have Thanksgiving in Canada too, but it's a different day, so it doesn't count because we're America. And nothing says like a patriotic, like sharing a meal with Native Americans and then taking <laughs> and them then over. And taking everything. Yeah. So, all right, so here we go. And feel free to just ask these questions to your know-it-all uh, family members around the okay. Thanksgiving table. So, how long was the first Thanksgiving celebration? Um, three and a half hours. That's why we watch three football games <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Actually, it was three days. Oh, three, man. Right? That's good. You thought I was going to get it right for I, a second there, I was there, like, didn't oh, you? wow, he's good. I yeah. didn't know that it was three days. I guess I, I didn't know I knew it was but... way longer than three and a half hours, but I just... <laughs> Do you know what year it was? Oh, my goodness. Well, in 1492, Columbus sailed <laughs> the ocean below. 1545, that. I think, was the Plymouth Rock, or was it 1621 was the first Thanksgiving celebration. I was getting there. Oh, sorry. I was going to say 1621. <laughs> you totally were. I was building to it. <laughs> right, I wasn't so, going to say 1621. So. All right. Turkey was not the first meat served oh. at Thanksgiving. What were the meats served at the first Thanksgiving celebration? Uh, you just got to get, there's, I've got four on this list. Okay. So you, if you get one, you're doing great. Jalapeno cheddar sausage. <laughs> yes. Beef brisket. You're so right. Pulled pork. Yeah. And uh, chicken. Ribs. And uh, none of those. Oh, not even uh, chicken? Not even chicken. Oh, man. Venison. Quail? Venison. Quail? Venison. I said sausage. Venison. <laughs> You did, did you say, I don't think you said. <laughs> I didn't did say you? venison sausage. Okay. But. Swan, duck, and goose were likely oh, man. not turkey. Okay, but on the fourth day of Thanksgiving, there was also seafood served. A Puritan at the first gave to me what seafood was likely served at the first Thanksgiving. What seafood? Crab legs. <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely crab legs. They caught them on their way over and they kept them. They preserved them in all the This is ice what you should have done on the game last week. Just <laughs> gave the most because right, I, I, I was so ill prepared for that game last <laughs> well, week. Well, I am too. So I'm just saying stupid stuff. It, you're better at saying stupid stuff. Whittle whit them with charm <laughs> if you're stupid. Lobster. They had lobster. Oh, whoa. That was even so fancier you than guys crab legs. Can fancy okay. That up at your okay. You shouldn't meal. judge me on the crab legs then. That's fine. That was close. So yeah, I, was. I'll give you half a point. Wow, close. man. Okay. I would rather have that at Thanksgiving than. All right. So on average, <laughs> this is crazy. On average, how many calories per person are consumed at Thanksgiving dinner? 9,000. Half that. Okay. 4,500 4, calories. Yes. That is no. two days worth of calories in one meal. No Thanksgiving wonder. Meal. So, no wonder. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. So um, you can put How much of that comes back. from dressing? Probably a lot because dressing okay. is like straight up butter. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's so good. So good. That's your All favorite, right. isn't it? I love dressing. dressing. Yes. Now, All right. You said dressing last dressing. year. Not dressing. Not dressing. Dressing. When was the first Thanksgiving football game? Mm. American football or uh that's the only England. Oh, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving in other <laughs> no, countries. No way. They're mad at us for Thanksgiving. Ooh, first Thanksgiving football game. Let's go with 1971. Oh, you're so off. 1876. What? The first NFL game was 1920. So that was a college game. All right. So who wow. was who was the first president to pardon a turkey? Um Barack Obama. <laughs> That seems like something Barack Obama would do. And he did because it was tradition by then. See, that was just a political earlier, joke because right. some of the people he pardoned were turkeys. <laughs> Get it? There you go. Okay. All right. It's actually JFK, John. F. Really? I would have gone way. Like if yeah. I were serious guessing, I would have said way before that. Uh, who was the president who made Thanksgiving Knew it was a, a Democrat, permanent, <laughs> of course you did, a permanent national holiday? Permanent national holiday. FDR. He's all about the free stuff. No, this go further back. One of the most respected presidents. Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say Taft. <laughs> People are like, he was president. Andrew Jackson. <laughs> all right. About how many turkeys, I'm going to give you multiple choice on this one. All right. How many turkeys are prepared for Thanksgiving in America each year? About 23 million, hmm. 35 million, or 46 million? I'm going 46. It is 46 yeah, yeah, million yeah. turkeys. That's, that's crazy. I mean, think about the population, you know, like 300 million people. That's that's turkey serving a lot of people. That is. All right. Two are at my house. This no, I'm just is. <laughs> that's right. This, this okay, we're going to wrap it up right here. The, I would have never guessed this. Black Friday is the biggest day of the year for what trade profession? Uh, auto mechanics. Plumbers. <laughs> I'm not oh, kidding. Oh, you got to connect the dots. We're not going to connect, gonna the, connect dots. the dots. Everybody having all these people over. Wow. And they're so full from their 4,500 calorie meals plus that, seconds. And that they, yeah, and they need a plumber. Just blow it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you went there. You went there. I guess so. Glogging the pipes. What, what, do you, what do you mean blow it up, Justin? You know, I, you Clarify. Know, if you need, uh, you feel free to email me. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know what? What? This actually, I thought it was going to be very light, like not serious boggy talking. It got pretty serious it in did, the beginning we portions. Were, yeah, but uh, let's wrap it up with this. We played a funny game. What are you thankful for, bruh? I'm thankful for you, Justin. Oh, man, I'm thankful My faithful co-host. Faithful, faithful co-host. And the fact that we've now established I'm the host and you're the co-host <laughs> on right, Boggy right. Talk. What about you, Justin? What are you thankful man, for? Man, so where do you start? I mean, 
Jesus, me, me. God's faithfulness, <laughs> you. Just I'm, absolutely, I'm thankful for you. I'm, you know, think of, thankful for Boggy Talk Nation. I am, and all the support and love we get. You think we're going to have more viewers this week since uh, it's a holiday? Everybody's and people got are traveling. time to travel. Download this episode. Listen. They're the probably car. listening to one from like six months ago. They're, they're catching up. They're yeah, catching yeah. up. Um, yeah, man, family. Uh, this church. Yeah. Uh, good friends. Um, this, I mean, I, I'll just say, you know, this is a church resource. So I do want to say, man, I'm really thankful for this church. Um, Me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just amazing people. People are the church. There's amazing people. There's so thankful for things. our sponsors. Yeah. I'll list cool. them all right now. We were so thankful for you. Yes. <laughs> wait, did it cut out? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Oh, did I, I need to edit all right. That. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Please tune in next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.